In this episode, we'll revisit the composer many consider the greatest of all time. That's right, it's John Williams' The Sequel, this time on Frame Tracks. Welcome to Frame Tracks. My name is Christopher Weed. My first episode of this podcast was the John Williams episode, since he has always been my favorite. Recently, I revisited that first episode and re-recorded it to improve the sound quality. While doing so, I remembered that I had always intended to do a second episode on Williams, since I barely touched on the over 100 scores he's composed. So I'm finally making that a reality. So if you haven't heard the first episode titled John Williams Redo, I recommend you go check that out. I cover a bunch of his more famous themes, but I left out so many, including Superman, Jaws, and E.T. I left out E.T. So we'll be listening to some of those this time around, as well as some of the less famous but equally as wonderful pieces like Schindler's List, The River, and heartbeeps? Yes, even heartbeeps. I like to start out by playing the piece where I first heard the music of the featured composer, but I already did that in part one, so I thought I'd start this episode with the music that put Williams firmly in the public's eye. By Star Wars in 1977, Williams was already an established composer in Hollywood and was even gaining superstardom due to a couple of early films, including this one from 1975. It was a tiny low-budget movie about a man 
and his shark. Jaws is considered by many to be the first summer blockbuster. That's because when it was released in the summer of 1975, it literally changed the world of movies forever. Not only had anyone ever experienced anything like that in a theater before, but Hollywood itself had never seen such a massive demand for their product. Everyone saw this movie. Hell, I was like seven years old and I saw this movie. Beaches around the country were pretty empty that summer because people were terrified to go swimming, even in Florida where great white sharks were rare. It almost instantly became a cultural phenomenon and catapulted the creators to superstardom. I'd like to play two tracks from the score to begin. The second track is my favorite from the score, hilariously titled Tourists on the Menu, and it highlights one of William's strengths, to be able to look at a film and inject humor into it where needed. It helps balance out the horror aspects that come later. The first track, however, is the famous and simple theme for the shark. It is rumored that when John Williams played this piece for Spielberg for the first time, Spielberg thought he was joking. Well, as usual, Williams was right. So from the 1975 blockbuster, here is Jaws. Thank you. 
I mentioned in part one that John has worked with many different directors, not just Spielberg, and one of those was Chris Columbus on Harry Potter. But before they traveled to Hogwarts together, Williams and Columbus also worked on another popular franchise starring a young Macaulay Culkin as the youngest in a large family who, due to incompetent and irresponsible parents, who frankly should have been arrested, ends up spending the holidays home alone. The movie was a breakout smash when it was released in 1990, and it has become an annual staple to watch around the holidays, along with Christmas Vacation and, of course, A Christmas Story. Williams delivered a surprisingly moving score to such a silly movie that transcended the events on screen. He wrote such intricate and melodic themes that it seems almost he was paying homage to Christmas itself more than the characters in the film. Themes included Somewhere in My Memory, the main Home Alone theme, and my personal favorite, The Star of Bethlehem.
As you probably know, Williams composed the scores for all nine main Star Wars movies, now titled The Skywalker Saga. But his contributions to Star Wars did not end there. He composed music for various theme park attractions, including Disney's Galaxy's Edge, as well as music for the rides. But he also composed for another Star Wars film. That movie was 2018's Solo. Now, John Powell did most of the heavy lifting on the score, but at Powell's request, Williams was brought in to compose the main theme for the movie. Powell then composed the rest of the score using that theme as a guide. So, from Star Wars Solo, here is The Adventures of Han.
Over the years, there have been several calls to update and modernize the American National Anthem. Now, having played the National Anthem in band more times than I can recall, I have to say it's good, but not great. Some have even suggested that Mr. Williams take a crack at it. I submit that he already has, several times. Williams has composed several Olympic themes and Americana suites that give you an idea of what the national anthem by him might be like. And in 1986, he was commissioned for the centennial of the Statue of Liberty on July 4th and premiered this stirring piece that's more American than any song I've ever heard. So, here is the Liberty Fanfare.
in the first Williams episode, I spoke a bit about Spielberg's hook. Here's a recap. The movie, not terrible, but not great. Robin Williams was great, and John Williams was great. So here is the intro from Hook. lot of people may not realize that John Williams did do TV work right up until the mid-1980s. Now executive producer Spielberg hired Williams for the theme of his TV series titled Amazing Stories. The theme of the show has been repurposed for the theme for Frame Tracks and can be heard at the start of each episode. Williams also turned in scores for a couple of the episodes which Spielberg directed, including one of my favorites, titled The Mission, where a World War II belly gunner's life hangs in the balance when his hatch to the ball turret is jammed and he becomes trapped. Their wheels have failed, so landing will mean certain death for their fellow trooper. The only thing that would save him is a miracle. From 1986's Amazing Stories, here is The Mission.
in the first Williams episode, I spoke about Spielberg's 1941. Here's a recap. Movie, not terrible, but not great. Belushi was funny, and Williams was spectacular. From the New Year's Eve bash scene, here is Swing, Swing, Swing.
keeping with the bad movie, great score theme, I present to you Space Camp. Haven't seen it? Well, don't. It's pure crap. And I mean pure crap. Here's a recap from IMDb. The young attendees of a space camp find themselves in space for real when the shuttle they are touring is accidentally launched into orbit. Jesus, there is so much wrong about this recap, not to mention the whole damn movie. It's atrocious. You are literally dumber after you watch it. I mean, why in the hell would NASA let kids tour a fully fueled shuttle on the pad? And how exactly does one accidentally launch it? Oh, yeah. An AI robot. Yeah, give me a break. You know what? We've spent more time in this movie than it deserves. Somehow the production tricked Williams into composing the score, and luckily for them, he didn't phone it in. It's actually a pretty decent score. So here's the theme from the 1986 pile of crap, Space Camp. God, how do these movies get made? McKean Phoenix is in this movie? Leah Thompson? Tom Skerritt? Oh my God, what the hell?
from the worst movie Williams ever composed for to the best. In 1993, Spielberg produced and directed what many consider his best and easily his most personal film. It's a brutal story about a German industrialist who decides to try and save his Jewish workforce once he realizes their ultimate fate. It's a harsh look at the Jewish experience during World War II Poland. The film is difficult to watch, and that's putting it lightly. After watching the initial cut, Williams turned to Spielberg and said, you need a much better composer than me to do this film. Spielberg paused, then replied, I know, but they're all dead. Williams would turn in a powerfully moving body of work that perfectly supported the events on screen. He captured the beauty that Schindler saw in these people and the suffering that they endured. No Williams collection is complete without it. From 1993, here is Schindler's List.
That was a bunch of good. All right, let's head back to the cheesy to offset all that good. In 1981, the same year that he did Raiders of the Lost Ark, Williams was hired to compose a score for a film about two household robots who fall in love and try to escape to start a family. Starring Bernadette Peters and Andy Kaufman, this quirky film did not sit well with critics or audiences. The film was just a slog, with very little happening in the rushed 79-minute screen time. The film was butchered after Universal execs were appalled by the director's original cut. Williams tried to capture the love and tenderness between the two main robots, but ultimately it was his action cue that has endured. From the 1981 film Heartbeeps, here is Crime Buster.
according to legend, when Williams was trying to score the end sequence to 1982's E.T. for Spielberg, he was having a hard time matching the edits on screen. So the story goes, Spielberg turned off the projector and asked Williams to just conduct the song the way he felt was right. Williams did, and Spielberg re-edited the movie to match Williams' work. Perhaps that's why his ending cue is so spectacular. From E.T., here is The Rescue and Bike Chase.
we're going to end with a crowd favorite from 1978, A Man Can Fly. Believe it, here is Superman.
you enjoyed listening to Frame Tracks, please log in and leave me a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Feel free to email me questions, requests, or comments to info at frametracks.com. That's F-R-A-M-E-T-R-A-X. And please support these great composers by purchasing their music. Until next time, this is Frame Tracks.